Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Money Pit is presented by Caseta by Lutron, Quicken Loans, and Arrow Fastener. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement project. We're here to solve those do-it-yourself dilemmas, help you get your home fixed up, perhaps for the holidays or for the chilly weather ahead. But help yourself first. Give us a call right now at 888-666-3974. Hey, as the days get shorter and temperatures start to sink, most households find that their home heating bills, well, they start to run out of control. And even worse, right about now, it starts to feel like your house just stays cold, no matter how hot you crank that heat. So coming up, we've got three ways that you can cut those heating costs and get comfortable in just a weekend. And also ahead, would you like to have all the benefits of a fire without needing a chimney? Well, you can when you install a direct vent gas fireplace. Richard Trithui from This Old House is stopping by with the step-by-step. And is your driveway cracked or worn or suffering from those nasty oil stains? We've got a surefire solution to clean up the stains for good and restore the surface just ahead. But first, we want to talk to you about what's going on in your money pit. Give us a call right now at one 3974 Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Dana in Georgia is on the line with a mold question. How can I help you? I'm in Savannah, Georgia, where it's already hot and humid, and uh, we're already fighting mold a lot of the time during the, the warmer months. Um, right after Hurricane Matthew, it just seemed to go on, like, turbo, um, where, you know, I'm having to clean it off all the wood furniture and, like, some of the walls, and it's it's even coming out of, or was coming out of the vents um, from the... Um, AC heating unit. Um, so I just replaced those vents rather than try to clean them. Uh, and my question really is, you know, is there anything else I should be doing? And should I be concerned about my kid's health because of it coming out of the vents? It, well, I mean, not even it coming out of the vents. The fact that you've got this growing on the walls and furniture is a pretty serious problem. You, you need, you have the scope of a problem where you need actual professional remediation help because it's so prevalent. Uh, the problem is that these um, some types of molds that kids and adults can have allergic reactions to. They produce mic- microtoxins that can get out and make some people really sick. You know, I've known folks over the years who had, in fact, I had someone very close to me that I diagnosed this for because she had kids that had a really bad year of illness. 
Um, and what we noticed that when they went on vacation, they went away for like a month over the holidays and they felt great and they came back and they felt lousy. So it all turned out to be a mold that actually got into the attic of this house that was finding its way back into the, into the living space through, um, holes around where the lights came through the ceiling. And so in this case, all of the insulation had actually had to be taken out of the attic and the whole thing had to be, um, sprayed and cleaned and then put all back together again. So if you got that much mold in the house, you You've got to get to the bottom of it, and I really think you need some professional help. But what you want is someone who um, does occupational safety and health as a living, as a profession. You don't want, you know, the the latest Johnny-come-lately you know, mold remediator guy that has no professional training. You want somebody who really has some skills and certifications from a consultancy basis um, to, to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to recommend a website, and that website is mayindoorair.com. May, like the month, M-A-Y, indoorair.com. Um, you will find books on that website by Jeff May, who's one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met about mold and indoor air quality. He has an interesting backstory. He was very, very allergic to mold, and it led him to a whole new course of study. He's written three or four books on mold, uh, including uh, some written for the Johns Hopkins University Press. So I think that would be a good source of information for you. And, uh, you know, he, he he's not from your area, but he may be able to recommend to you uh, some contractors in that particular area, some consultants in that area that knows professionally. But uh, that's a good source for you to kind of get to the bottom of this, okay? Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Brad and I was on the line with a siding question. What can we do for you today? I've got an old caboose in my backyard. It's a long story, but uh, it's a wooden caboose. I got it in 1985, and I uh, shortly after I got it, I, or not too much longer after that, I had to put new siding on it because the uh, place where I got it had sandblasted it, and it really did a job on the wood. So um, now the siding was uh, one by for uh, V-groove, tongue and groove, all the way along. Now, it's about 25 foot long, 8 foot high, and then where the cupola is, it's about 12 foot high. But uh, the, the siding I replaced it with was uh, a pine car siding with a V-groove to keep it looking original. And I backed that after I took the old siding off with uh, an exterior grade plywood. And uh, so it's been quite a while, but it's deteriorated really bad due to the high moisture content we have up here in Iowa. And then we get the extreme hot and cold, and uh, I have to replace it. And I ran out of time this year, so come springtime, I'll have a big project. But I don't want to make the same mistake over again and have it just rot out again. And I don't know if I'm choosing the wrong type of lumber or if I'm not treating it, prepping it right, or like house wrap, or if I need special ventilation or something, because I keep it closed up most of the time. Well, i got to say, first off, Brad, this is the first caboose repair question we've ever received, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, it sounds like you put that plywood, you put the plywood on the, on, the, on the structure, and then you put the siding right on top of the plywood. Did you have any building paper underneath that uh, siding, or did it go right on the plywood? No, I, I, when I took the old siding off, there wasn't anything on it. It had... Um, a peculiar kind of insulation, and, and some of that stayed and some of it I took out, but uh, it's only got four-inch, uh, four- or six-inch lumber in it. Uh. But you said you sheathed it with a plywood. Oh, my, my question to you is, did you put the ply, did you put the siding right on top of that plywood, or did you put a building paper or house wrap in between? I put 
uh, I put uh, thirty pound felt paper on it. So it's wear and tear. It, the wear and tear is mostly not because you installed it incorrectly, but it's just because it's like you say it's a it's a moist, humid envir- environment there that probably causes a lot of decay. Would you consider putting something besides? lumber back on that because i gotta tell you there's a lot of really beautiful very authentic looking composite materials that are out there today uh that look just like wood in fact i would dare to say they're almost indistinguishable from wood um, but they're not organic so they don't rot i mean you have materials like hardy plank you have materials like novik you have materials like Azek. There's a lot of good composites out there that can look a lot like wood, uh, but not rot and not decay. I installed it vertically instead of horizontally, and that was the problem with the car siding. And I thought maybe I didn't give it enough time to adjust to acclimate to our weather. I don't think so. I mean, first of all, it's hard to keep that kind of siding completely leak-free because it's you know it's basically the water's going to get into those grooves. So I think you got an authentic look to it, but um, you know I don't. I think it's probably done the best you can do, you you can with that. So I would tell you you're either just going to have to replace it the same way you did the first time, but I would strongly encourage you to investigate the many many composite materials that are out there today that can look just like that, but will absolutely never decay. Well, I appreciate that. I, I, I given that strong consideration, even if I had to uh, do a little milling on my own, I'm pretty good at lumber work. But uh, well, that's a that's a great tip. Uh, I. I just really don't know anybody to ask, and, and not too many people are into this. I suppose there's being a few restored around the country. They don't use them anymore. So, All right, well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Post your questions to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com or give us a call at 888 Money Pit. 888 Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor the fast and easy way to find the best home service pros in your area. You can read reviews and book appointments all online. And up next, now that the temperatures are dropping, are you feeling the chill or perhaps the pain of high heating bills? We're going to share three ways you can cut heating costs and get comfortable after this. You live in a body pit. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So, Leslie, I went to a party on Saturday. Yeah. It was a painting party. Okay. (laughs) Like you went to paint somebody's house? Now we got a bunch of the adults together, and we went and we painted the Scout House. We're very lucky that um, our Boy Scout troop here has a building that they've actually owned since the 1940s. It's very unusual to have a troop that has its own building, and we're just really lucky that we do. But it's an old concrete block building and it needed a good coat of paint so you know here we are 
painting the place and I was thinking, gosh, I got a, it was chilly, right? But I didn't want to mess up my jacket or anything like that. So how do you kind of paint knowing you're going to kind of get your clothes dirty, but still stay warm? Very carefully. No, what I did was I took my long sleeve shirt and I turned it inside out and everybody said, Hey, that's a great idea. Yeah. Cause I figured I'm going to get paint on it, but at least if I get it on the underside of the shirt, the inside of the shirt, maybe it won't like leak through to the front. And I, we went through about 10 gallons of paint. I never got any paint on the outside of my shirt. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. Because my initial thoughts are that it would be itchy once it's dried, even after you wash it and everything, (laughs) and that it would bleed through to the front anyway. Well, you know, I'm a pretty neat painter. Like, I don't, like, really slop it on, so I didn't have, like, puddles of paint pouring down my shirt. But, you know, we're working up pretty high on ladders and stuff, so... Uh, yeah, it was a you know pretty good idea. I thought at the time it made sense to me. Threw the shirt on inside out, and away we went. Very clever, Tom. So think about that the next time you pick up a paintbrush and don't want to mess up your clothes. But first, let's help you fix some of those mess ups around your house. If you got a project, maybe you're stuck in the middle of, give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Catherine in Wisconsin's on the line with a soundproofing issue. Tell us what's going on. I live in a condo with a basement, and there's an I beam that runs through the basement. And when I'm in the basement, I can hear. My neighbors from two uh, houses down talking in their living room because their voices travel down the I beam. Wow! So I was crazy. <laughs> so I was interested in covering the I beam somehow uh, to reduce the noise, but I wasn't sure what the best way to do that would be. Well, there's a couple things you can do. First of all, can you can you frame in the the I beam so that it's like has something that we can attach a drywall to? Yeah, yeah, I could. I just wasn't sure what to. What to do that with, or okay. that would, so would help. So once you, yeah, once you frame it in, there's a product called Quiet Rock, and it's okay. a soundproofing drywall. It's sold at Lowe's. It's pretty expensive. I mean, regular drywalls five bucks a sheet. Quiet Rock's about forty bucks a sheet. So it's pretty expensive, yeah, but, but you don't need a lot. If she can hear them, they can hear her. Yeah, but you don't need a lot. You know, you don't need a lot. So, so if you can frame in that beam, and you're sure that's where it's coming from. Uh, you may want to think about uh, using quiet rocks to actually qu- uh, cover the I beam, and, and that should do the trick. Oh, really? So I wouldn't need to put uh, additional insulation between. No, insulation the... is insulation doesn't really work as a soundproofing okay. material. It's kind okay. of a misnomer to think that insulation works on a wall. It's cheap, but it really doesn't do much. The quiet rock absorbs the vibration of the sound, and I think that's what you need to do. Okay, great. And the quiet rock is uh, is just spelled like it sounds. Yep, Q-U-I-E-T Rock. If you go to uh, Lowe's.com, you can find it right there. And, and um, I, w- I was able to find it. I needed it for a project. I was able to find it right in my local Lowe's. Thank you. Bye. Well, as the days get shorter and temperatures start to sink, most households find their home heating bills starting to run out of control. Even worse, sometimes it feels like your house just stays cold no matter how high you crank the heat. Now, this sounds like your life. It's time to take some action to lower those heating costs. And you can do that by addressing three common home heating mistakes. So the first mistake is this, neglecting your HVAC system maintenance. Now, whether you've got baseboard heat or old school radiators or forced air heating or even radiant heat, it's really important to keep up with routine maintenance, especially with forced air systems, because they can lose a lot of efficiency when they're not properly maintained. So get that heating system serviced now and change out those filters frequently. We're talking like once a month. That's right. Now, mistake number two is ignoring those drafty windows and attics. So many older homes have outdated windows, and they can leak a surprise 
surprising amount of heat, especially if they aren't properly sealed. Now, even a small crack along the base or side of the window can have a huge impact when it's really cold outside, and an imperfectly sealed window can be a major point of energy inefficiency as well. Also, you got to think about this, guys. You know, glass really isn't a great insulator on its own, and an outdated single-pane window, they really are to blame for a lot of heat leaks. So you can think about adding heavy drapes or even insulating panels, and that will solve the problem. You should also even look at curtains that are heavy enough to block cold air because they can also keep that hot sunshine out of the house, and that's going to help you find a good temperature control for the entire year. So it's not just a winter thing. Now, finally, the... Mistake number three is what I call abusing the thermostat. Now, there are lots of ways you can abuse your thermostat, but if you use it wrong, you're going to pay for that dearly. So one mistake that families commonly make is just cranking up the heat for those that are cold while shutting off heat registers in the bedrooms for those that don't like it hot. Now, this actually is not a good idea because what it does is causes pressure inconsistencies within the HVAC system, and that's going to ultimately lead the system to work harder and use a lot more energy. Now, you might also want to upgrade to a digital programmable thermostat, and that's going to allow for round-the-clock temperature control. You can set it to turn down the heat while you're asleep or while you're at work, for example, and that can help save you a lot of money when you don't really need to have the house being toasty warm. Yeah, but don't wait for that first really expensive heating bill to take on some of these simple fixes. And while you're at it, be sure you take a look at your home's insulation. Most homes don't have enough insulation in the ceiling. That's up in the attic, looking down at what you would call the attic floor. If you're not seeing 15 to 20 inches of insulation there for most areas of the country, you really ought to add some unfaced fiberglass bats. That will give you very quick comfort and a lot of return on investment, like literally within the first heating season, because we're only talking about, you know, spending on average maybe 300 bucks on that insulation. You can put it down yourself and you're really going to save a lot of money and feel a lot more comfortable at the same time. So hope that helps you out. helps you keep those heating bills in check. If you've got a question about that or any other topic of importance to you, give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Don in Pennsylvania has got a question about windows. What can we help you with? These these windows are mid-1700s. That's before the revolution. The ones I'm working on, there was, the, the building actually had a date on it, 1746. Wow. wow. That's impressive. And the glass on these was like poor glass. It wasn't, wasn't manufactured the way they make them now. And I'm trying to save the glass, and I'm trying not to damage the wood at all but I'm scraping and painting and weatherizing these, these windows. And the reason I'm doing that is because a lot of the glaze is falling out and the, the paint is flaking away and everything. But some of that glaze that's on there, and this, this hasn't been done, I would say, for more than 30 years because we've lived here 30 years and have never done it to, to this window. And so that, some of the glaze is falling out, but others, it's really tenacious and stuck to that wood and that glass And I don't want to ruin the glass or ruin the wood. So what's the best way to get that old glaze out of there? Are you using any heat to help you here? Not yet. So what you want to try to do is get a heat gun, which kind of looks like an industrial-sized hair dryer. Yeah, I I have an electric heat gun, and I've used that uh, to help remove some of the paint. But I don't know the temperature of that of that heat gun. But uh... well, I mean, you want to use it use it cautiously. You know, I wouldn't lean into it with a nozzle, but I would try to warm that old putty. Generally, if you warm it, it loosens up. Now, some guys that do windows all the time will actually use steam to soften the putty. 
And I've seen guys create almost like steam chambers where they kind of build a box, fill it with warm steam, and then slide the sashes in there and then pull them out. And now they're warm and they strip them off. One way that you could try to do this without sort of building the chamber might be to get a wallpaper steamer and then use some of that steam, use it against the window, warm it. That warm, moist steam may also help to loosen it up. But if you've already got the heat gun, I would try trying to warm it up gently and see how the old glazing reacts to that. Oh, okay. I, I will. Thank you. All right, Don. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. How would you like to have all the benefits of a fire but not have to have a chimney? Well, it's possible if you install a direct vent gas fireplace. Just ahead, Richard Trithui from This Old House is stopping by with the step-by-step. And today's edition of This Old House on the Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Introducing ADT Go, the new family mobile safety app and service. Go to ADT.com to learn more today. With 36-month monitoring contract, early termination and installation fees apply. Certain markets excluded. Licenses available at ADT.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Hey, do you need new flooring in your kitchen or bathroom? You thinking about planning a new deck for next spring? Whatever project you've been dreaming of, Home Advisor can instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. So give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. All right, now I've got Diane in Massachusetts on the line with a noise question. What's going on at your money pit? I did the house 12 years ago, and I had blown-in insulation put in three years. And, and the house is noisy. I can hear a humming. It's it's annoying. It's a buzzing. I, I don't know why, after doing all of this um, surrounding the house and trying to keep it warm, I would hear a humming, a resonance in the house. Well... I'll tell you what, there's got to be a reason for this, and it's going to take some real detective work to figure it out. I'll give you an example from uh, my own home. You know, we uh, recently, I'd mentioned earlier on the show, put in spray foam insulation and sealed up the attic. It's never been uh, warmer in the house as a result of it. But in one part of the house, it still was technically a conditioned attic. So by code, we were required to leave um, some vents in that attic. Now, it, it ended up that... It was so tight in that attic space, even with the vent, that whenever the wind blew, we'd get this really weird, almost like haunting sound. You know, uh, when you were a kid and you took took an old bottle and you blew it across the top of it and made a big, deep sound with it, like a big jug? Well, that's what it sounds like when the air blows across this vent. And it makes a really weird sort of vibrating sound in that part of the house. Until I figured it out, I was really scratching my head. So there's always a reason for this. Uh, in our case, it was a vent. In your case, it could be plumbing. Very often we get noises in homes that are sourced from plumbing. Sometimes when you run 
uh, hot or cold water, pipes will expand or contract and cause sort of like a cricking sound that will vibrate through the entire length of the pipe and amplify itself as a result. It could be electrical if there's outlets or panel boxes in those parts of the house. They definitely should be inspected to make sure that nothing is disintegrating inside uh, that electrical um, area. There's nothing about adding blown-in insulation that will cause a noise. So the source must be somewhere else that you're going to have to dig into a bit more, Diane, um, before uh, you'll know what to do about it. But I would trust your instincts. If you're hearing it, it definitely exists. Sometimes people think they're going nuts. But i got to tell you, there's a reason for that, but it's definitely going to take some detective work to get to the bottom of it. Okay, you coming over? <laughs> All right, well, you put on the coffee, and next time I'm up in Massachusetts, we'll stop by. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, the warm glow of a fire is a welcome addition on a cold winter night, but a wood-burning fireplace isn't the only way to get the heat and ambiance that a fire can bring. That's right. You can have all the benefits of a fire without a chimney when you install a direct vent gas fireplace. Here to tell us more is this old house plumbing and heating contractor, Richard Trithui. Welcome, Richard. Hello, guys. How are you? So this is a great solution for people who want a fireplace without the work and expense of building one brick by brick. How does it work? Well, gas direct vent fireplace is pretty cool because you can put it anywhere. And it draws its air from outdoors to feed the flame. I mean, this setup is really efficient because you're not losing valuable heated air up the chimney like you do with conventional gas fireplaces or conventional wood fireplaces. I imagine that's a lot safer as well. Yeah, there's a bunch of advantages. You know, one is safety. Since they eliminate the need for flu through the roof, you don't worry about backdrafting where, you you know, the flu products go in the wrong direction. Uh, As another safety measure, the vent pipe can be installed directly through the wall. It's really simple. You get the flu products completely out of the building quickly. It's also efficient. Direct vent appliances burn natural gas or propane like traditional fireplaces. However, they convert most of their fuel to usable heat. They're completely sealed off from the interior rooms by a glass door, which prevents that significant heat loss that always happens in a regular wood fireplace. You know, you put that fire on, you get a lot of heat early on, and then all of a sudden there's a net loss where more heat's going up, up the, the chimney, chimney yeah. than it's coming in to see you. So. Yeah, in some cases, that's all the heat that you paid for with your conventional heating system being taken right out of the house. The fact that you can squeeze almost every BTU out of the gas that's really right. is what improves that's right. its efficiency. And you can control it so precisely, too. You turn it on, you turn it off, which is great. Now, I'd imagine these are easier to install in terms of the flexibility of where you can put them, right? Yeah, you don't have to think about a masonry chimney. You don't have to worry about the size of the masonry chimney. You don't have to worry about the size of any chimney going out because the fan inside the unit will get that flu products out so you can put them just about anywhere. Now, when we talk about gas fireplaces, I think some people might confuse what we're discussing in terms of direct vent with a traditional gas fireplace, but it's really hugely different. Yeah. In the old days, what you might do would be put a thing called a gas log into the opening that used to be a wood fireplace opening. And that had all the same issues that you had, many of the same issues that you had with a wood fireplace, where you might turn it on, you'd have to open the damper to get exhaust going up, you'd turn on the gas log, and even though you felt some heat, you also could feel almost a draft pulling by you as the heat you just made. Actually, actually, the heat you made in that gas log actually increased the amount of air that was leaving through the building with the uplift that goes into the chimney. So those traditional ones have been pretty much replaced by these direct vent, and those are always sealed units. And so what's happened is you get all of your air for combustion from outside. There's a duct somewhere that comes into that combustion zone, so you're not creating a negative in the building to pull that stuff up and out. And that's really the way you want to do it. Yeah, but so now we're direct venting through the wall, through whatever your exterior 
material is. This sounds like it could be a pretty difficult project for a novice do-it-yourselfer. Well, this is a gas appliance, so it should be done by a licensed gas professional, but it still doesn't mean that it's too prohibitive to do. I mean, it's just, it's it's really the way to do it. The key point to understand is that you think you're getting comfortable heat when you have a regular wood fireplace, when you have a regular gas log, and the net-net when you stand back from it is you're losing as much as you're making. So you you feel this temporary satisfaction, but it's on the long haul, you're putting a lot up into the atmosphere. You better remember that, that uh, that's coming out of your recreational budget when you use that fireplace. <laughs> that's right. You're not your saving money plan. by burning that's right. wood. That's right. Richard Rathui, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Thank you so much. That's a great piece of knowledge about direct vent, and I think I'm going to consider putting one of those in my house. Let's keep everybody warm. All right, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by GMC Trucks and SUVs. Up next, is your driveway cracked or worn or suffering from some of those nasty oil stains? We've got a surefire solution to help you clean up the stains for good and restore the surface after this. Pit is presented by Train. Inside the Train testing facility, they test their heating and cooling products in the harshest conditions found in nature, all to ensure their products can run through anything. That's why it's hard to stop a train. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. All right, now we've got Debbie on the line. Welcome to the Money Pit. How can we help you today? We live in an old log house that has a stone foundation. And the logs were rotted off some of the areas uh, at the end, so we we built a, uh, another wall in front of it. But I, I'm, there's moisture coming up into my kitchen cupboards, and it sounds it smell you know the smell is really bad. And I was we got a dehumidifier down there. Uh, we got a sump pump put in the basement, but I'm. Still, I still think I'm getting moisture in the cupboard. Dehumidifiers and sump pumps are all great, but that really doesn't slow down the amount of moisture that gets into a house. The only way to do that is to make sure that your gutters are clean and free-flowing and the downspouts are extended away from the house by at least four to six feet, and then also that the soil around the house is sloping away from the building because otherwise you're collecting a lot of water in the foundation perimeter, and that will evaporate into the lower spaces and then wick its way up through the rest of the house. And so your solution is going to start outside your house by addressing those issues. Okay, sounds great. Thank you very much. Well, if your driveway is stained from oil leaks or cracked or worn, now is a great time to clean it and seal it. Now, beyond stain removal, the type of driveway maintenance that you have to do is going to depend on whether you have concrete, 
asphalt, or a paver brick driveway. First, let's talk about those nasty oil stains. To get rid of those, you want to mix up a solution of trisodium phosphate into a paste. Now, you'll find this in the paint aisle of any hardware store. You apply the TSP paste wet to the stain, then you let it sit for about an hour or more and rinse it. Now, the sooner you can get to that stain, the better, but even old stains can be successfully removed with this approach. That is, of course, as long as you fix the car first, because you don't want to keep dumping that oil on there. <laughs> That's very true. So many times people are like, the stain is still there. <laughs> We're like, check for a leak. Now, if you've got an asphalt driveway that needs to be resealed, you can use asphalt-compatible products to fill any cracks, gaps, and holes that you might have, and use a disposable squeegee to apply an airport-grade latex sealer over that entire surface. You also want to make sure that the forecast is clear for the applying and drying time, since rain is going to cause that sealer to run onto the sidewalk and the street. And that can leave unremovable stains. You want to follow with a generous drying period. I mean, that could be up to a couple of days if you can allow for that. And then you'll see you've got an attractive automotive entrance to your home. Now, if you've got a concrete driveway with a worn surface, it's best to apply a concrete resurfacing product the entire driveway. Now, concrete resurfacers, these are specially formulated to stick to old concrete, and they can leave you with a driveway that looks almost brand new. In fact, these products are really amazing. I saw one demonstrated. It's made by QuickCrete. And these resurfacers are so strong, they're actually stronger than the original concrete. And that's how well they will bond. If you want more tips, check out our post on driveway sealing and maintenance. It's online right now at moneypit.com. Jeff and Georgia, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? So what we've got, we just purchased a home recently. And the inspection, we noticed that the tar paper that covers, or there is, there is tar paper that covers the ridge vent. And of course, that should be removed under normal installation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering if I can utilize that throughout the winter to build heat and preserve heat in the attic to maybe help warm the living space and then remove that in the spring once the warm weather comes back. Depends on whether or not you want your insulation to work well or not, Jeff, because the ridge vent is designed to help vent moisture out of that attic space and make the insulation more effective. So it's designed in a perfectly insulated home. The insulation layer is at that ceiling level, right? And above that, it should be ambient. In other words, the attic should be the same temperature as the outside. So your attic is not designed to hold heat in. Not this type of installation. There's another type that is, but this particular type is not. So I would recommend that you grab a utility knife and can you reach that um, the underside of the ridge from the attic? I can. Uh, it really wouldn't be a big task at all to get it removed. It was actually when I was about to to address that that I thought, wait a second, I might be able to utilize this heat over the winter. Yeah, you have other vents in the roof as well. I mean, you may have gable vents or soffit vents, so you're not really changing the dynamic of the ventilation in the attic. But no, I would recommend that you cut that tar paper out. That's actually shockingly not that uncommon. What happens is the roofers put tar paper across the entire roof, put the shingles up, and then the guy, the last guy that, that puts that ridge vent on top of that ridge is supposed to cut out the tar paper, but if he was, uh, if he didn't go to ridge vent class that day, he missed that step. <laughs> and he leaves the tar, tar paper in place, and then, of course, it blocks the vent, and then it just doesn't work. So the reason I said it impacts your insulation is because the insulation, if it gets damp, it's not effective. So fresh air should be pushing in the soffit vents underneath the roof sheathing and out the ridge. That keeps everything nice and dry. So go ahead and cut that out, and uh, that's the way you should, should be all winter long and, and thereafter. Perfect. I appreciate the help. I appreciate the advice. All right. Good luck, Jeff. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Good questions from Jeff in Georgia. 
Hey, do you have carpeting that's all stretched out and snagged? Well, we're going to help a member of the Money Pit community who posted a question about that problem after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Caseta by Lutron Smart Lighting Control. You can set your lights to come on at dusk so your family always comes back to a well-lit home. Caseta by Lutron. Welcome home to peace of mind. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your DIY dilemma at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. That's right. Jump online and post your question in the community section, just like John did. Now, John writes, can you offer any ideas on why all of our carpets are buckling in the center. It started happening about three to four years after they were installed. We were thinking it could be shoddy installation. Didn't stretch them right in the first place, maybe? Do carpets have to be stretched these days? I know they used to need it. Any ideas that you may have would be appreciated. We did have a plumber check the crawl space not too long ago after we noticed the buckling in the first place, and he says it's dry. Well, you know, the first question I have for John, he uses the term buckling. Do you think it just means loose carpet where it's just kind of buckling up in the middle because the material's loose? I feel like it seems like the carpet is probably like heaving, like <laughs> bubbling oh, maybe. Right, but <laughs> yeah. not the floor, not the floor. I mean, if the floor is, is buckling, that's a whole different problem there, John. Right, but if the floor is buckling, then the carpet would be sticking up like stiff. I feel like... Yeah, it would, right. It wouldn't be like, you know, loose material. And I think right. that basically he's got a carpet that's stretched out here and it doesn't sound like they ever restretched it. And some carpets do need to be stretched more than the time that they're originally installed. You know, could maybe they've done a better job when they first installed it perhaps but the best way to do this is to have it done by a pro and you're going to have to pull all that furniture out of the room now if they try to stretch it with the furniture in the room which they may try to do or, or suggest they can do you can't do I that don't it's recommend it down it. right because it holds <laughs> it down it's not going to stretch properly okay so you want all the furniture out of that room and that's the hard part. I mean, the time it takes to restretch this is nothing, but you want all that furniture out so that there's no weight holding it down. Then it could be stretched, uh, and the tackless along the the edge of the wall, what will happen is you'll end up with carpet that's too long, so it'll have to be cut back. You may cut an inch or two off of this carpet or more when it's properly stretched out. I will also say, though, that this is a sign of the carpet wearing. So, you know, you may want to start thinking about say, replacing that carpet in the next, I don't know, two, three, four years because it's starting to really wear if it's stretching that much. If it stretches again, I wouldn't restretch it uh, a second time. I would just replace it. All right, John, good luck with that project. I tell you that furniture moving is like the most daunting part of any sort of flooring project. Really? I have needed uh. to replace the carpeting in the boys' room for like, I don't know, eight years. And just the thought of moving all that furniture is just the most terrible idea out there. All right. Next up, we've got a post here from Audrey. Now, Audrey writes, Hi, I'm getting sudden bursts of very hot water in the middle of a shower. I've got a gas water heater. The pilot light is on. Any ideas on why this is happening? Yeah. I mean, what's happening here is you don't have a pressure balance valve in that shower. Now, what a pressure balance valve does is it keeps the mix of hot and cold the same, regardless of whether there's less hot water or less cold water. It doesn't change that mix. So the 
fix here is to replace the shower valve with one called pressure balanced. And that means you're never going to get that shower shock where you get really cold water or the shower scald where it gets really hot. It also saves many domestic fights too, because people always say, I told you not to flush the toilet or don't run the dishwasher or the washing machine, you know, while I'm taking a shower. People really get mad at each other over that, but it's a pretty simple fix. You just need a pressure balanced valve. We put one in our old house. It works great. I mean, it really makes a difference, although I still have told my children that they can't flush the toilet while in the shower. I just want them to stay out of the bathroom. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, thank you so much for spending part of your day with us. We hope we've given you some great tips and advice to help you fix up your homes if you're getting ready for the holiday or just ready to suffer the winter ahead and keep warm and dry and keep those energy bills down. If you've got some thoughts and questions, remember, you can reach us 24-7 on that same phone number, 888-MONEYPIT, or post your question to the Money Pits community page at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 